Hello everyone, welcome to Outspoken, episode 32. This is actually part two of episode 31 with Doug C. And um, so there are a few differences. First of all, this is the first two-part episode. Um, Secondly, uh, since we only said goodbye once, it would have been a pretty abrupt goodbye uh, without having a real ending, so I just instead phased into some music, and I'm using that as my outro music tonight. So pardon the differences. Um, I'm sitting on the floor in my brother's studio in Brooklyn. Uh, came out to see his show last night, which was incredible. If you're in New York or anywhere near it, I strongly encourage you to go check it out. It is at Grimm Gallery on Bowery Street in uh, Manhattan. It'll be up till January 13th. The paintings are incredible. You really shouldn't miss it. Um, so anyway, I came all this way from San Francisco to New York to see that show. And it was amazing. And I love my brother and I love his work. But I also had the good fortune to see many of my family members and many of my dear friends. And so I'm here now. My friend's sleeping in the other room. Uh, he drove all the way from Detroit overnight through the night by himself to be here for the show I got here just in time went straight there that's a good friend right there so he you might hear him snoring in the back but I don't think so from here um what else oh, I lost a whole bunch of my files right before leaving I was trying to clear off my computer because it was running quite slowly and I deleted some pretty critical files and I only learned that once I arrived here that was delightful so that's why um, we're missing some music. That's why it's going out on Saturday instead of Friday. Oh yeah, also my flight was delayed and then they gave me some rigmarole for a long time after, and then finally told me there was another flight on the same airline leaving almost at the same time that was almost empty, which they hadn't offered me in the first place. I had to wait and ask for it like after five other terrible offers. Anyway, we got here. I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining Um or maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm here. The episode is complete. This is part two of Doug C. So when the clock strikes two outside of Putin's palace, we can talk to Doug. So for me, because uh, Young has been such an influence, this whole thing is about individuation. Uh -huh. Individuation, you know, coming you know, from Freud, is about the purpose of human being is to individuate out of the family dynamic okay. and become an individual instead of part of of the group, right? In which you don't really have autonomy, free choice, independence. And you know. he's when does he say that happens? Isn't it right? Around well, it seven doesn't or always. Eight, it doesn't always, it to... doesn't always happen. Right. See, you can you start to individuate usually in the teens, that's when you start to sort of step back and yeah. step away. So, so the thing in AA is about stay in the middle of the herd, yeah. right? Yeah, well, that's good for people who might die if they don't, right? but you can't stay there permanently because you can't individuate in the herd. And Young actually used the phrase back in the 30s and 40s, about the, he called it the lonely path of individuation mm. requires you to leave the safety of the herd okay. and go off into the unknown because you have to be alone with yourself 
to find yourself yeah. and be tested on your own, yeah. right? And integrate your experience and your skills because you don't get to do all that. In, in the herd. In the herd. Yeah, within the, yeah. Ma- the so, mainstream. Yeah, and so A is a survival program that in some ways t- can get stuck there. But if you get stuck there, at a certain point, you start to regress. Things mm-hmm. start to degenerate. Because you're kind of operating at the lowest level, right? You're, or yeah. at, at the... the yeah. The kind of like the weakest link in the chain. You are, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. Whoever, right. the like group, the basest behavior in the group brings group down dynamic. the average. And I think on some level what happens is that you get to a point where your yourself, in Jungian terms, like the, the party that wants you to move out and really be challenged and mm-hmm. grow, is, is trying to get you to move out. But in AA, that's a warning signal that you're going to go out and right. go back, Yeah, right? Yeah, there are always always these warnings yeah. about, oh, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Oh, you're hanging out alone too much. There and you go, exactly. I'm like, but I'm I'm a creative individual who needs go. solitude. The group and, doesn't and understand that. I know, and they, don't, they judge right. you for being, even if you don't want to go out to lunch afterwards with a group, you know, yeah. you're like, well, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, an yeah. outsider. I guess we're going to keep right. him. That's right, can't you stay know. by yourself. Yeah, Right, self is a dangerous company. Yeah. Right. And, and in an early stage, that's true. Yeah. But then you go and then you develop to where you actually can. And you get some tools to, yeah. to operate in the and world. So, and so I, my sense is that when you get to the point when you're actually being, that, that part of you is pushing you to go out and get out so that you can actually start to be tested. Yeah. You know, on your own. Right. Which doesn't mean you can't go to meetings. It just means you can't stay in the middle of the herd in the way that they prescribe. Yeah. If you don't do that, you've made a choice. You've made an inner choice to not grow in the way that you need to grow. And I think that that causes something to happen where you just start to regress. And I think that happens yeah. to groups. I've seen whole groups fall apart. I think it's totally true, yeah. Because the stagnancy, <clears throat> I mean, in that, yeah. in a program like that where it's all about action and footwork and they, the literature yeah. talks about that yeah. endlessly – and yet you can say that and never lift a finger. You can just do the talk about yeah. the action yeah. and think that you're in action. Yeah. Yeah. And even and even the action. So I realize that I think AA and Al-Anon, but actually probably more, it socializes people who've never been properly socialized. Right. They didn't learn the social skills. Yeah. They didn't come from healthy families. It's good for that. And so it's really good. You got it. Now you get to go through that process that you didn't get in your childhood yep. with a real structure and, and you're you actually in service. And, family. You yeah. get a, an experience yeah. of family right. that you didn't have before. Right. And because of the lack, and that to me, that's the whole thing. It's sort of what, actually what I want to talk about is the, I think the biggest problem in our culture is the lack of basic understanding of fundamental psychology mm-hmm. because the a group becomes your family or whatever group com- community because it happens in communities yeah you once you've grown it to the point where you're actually part of a community and you're actually doing right things and you've established good self-disciplines and practices and habits right. right. etc um well then you actually need to individuate out of that unit mm-hmm. because it will it, you know the whole thing about that egg like a bird in an egg what about okay? It? It's a uh, it's a metaphor that I think is really useful. Um, a bird in the egg has a certain amount of nourishment, and okay. the nourishment is there's enough nourishment in the egg to allow the the chick to develop to the point where it's able to kind of come out of the egg and the egg. be okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's um, just enough in there to yes. give it the strength. That's to, right. Exactly. To crack the egg right. to get out. Okay. And 
because it's di- eating and digesting food, it's also excreting. Right. And it's, there's toxins. So, so there's only certain, so much space. There's only time. so much space. There's only so much nourishment. And at a certain point, it becomes a toxic environment. Gotcha. And the chick has to peck out. Wow, that's a really survive, good metaphor. Right? But the interesting thing is, um, if you open the egg just when the chick needs to leave, it will die. Uh, because it, it needs, needs to do to, it itself. The exertion to peck out of the egg yeah. actually gets its vital energy wow. flowing and its organs starting and it's like it literally it shifts to a whole nother yeah. level it needs to be outside but it has to do it by it's probably, itself it's probably the same with the butterfly coming out of the, the yeah i've heard that and things yeah like, you know they I need know. to sit there and yeah. dry their wings and yeah. unfold you can't just go that's up right. and you know scoot them along scoot them out. that's right exactly <laughs> same thing so i think that's part you know like that's just basic psychology and yeah. it applies to any group but because people don't know that then they think they see the next stage of the process as danger, like in you know NAA of right. well, you can't go out on your own. You yeah, can't leave the group. You can't venture out there. Can't because, associate with anyone yeah, who has because ever you're done an anything. alcoholic forever. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, I just think that's a really limited model. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah I never liked the the whole branding <laughs> aspect of it. Like you, okay, you're an addict. Period. Like you Time. never, and you have to say it every single time you speak. You that's right. Repeat. You're basically that's ingraining right. that pathway right. in your brain. Right deeper and deeper right, and deeper right. every time you're like okay right. now i'm an addict still and all these shameful behaviors that i have to admit to you that's right and i i totally think it's worthwhile to go dig in deep and look at the stuff you've done yeah and take every bit of responsibility for it yeah i think that's super useful that's amazing. and that's right. it's painful sometimes but it's really really helpful it was for me and um but i don't think I don't think a lot of people are doing that, even in recovery. I think a lot of people claim to have done a fourth step, and you mm-hmm. know, maybe they made some amends to yeah. some people, but not the yeah. hard ones or not the you yeah. know. Because it's also easy in the group. Everybody starts to give each other tacit permission yep. to stay at a certain level, and then the exactly, group, and then every yeah, it is. It it's like I was saying with like one sponsor sort of undermining another's instructions, saying like, yeah. oh, you don't have to go that far. Yeah. You don't have to." Do or even letting you off the hook on something that you are doing that you think is good for you that yeah. they think is like they might not they want might to do, not. and so you shouldn't have to do it either. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> and it's all unconscious stuff. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But which is surprising because aren't we there <sighs> to to open up our consciousness and, and learn about yeah. what it is that we are doing? Like yeah. We're supposed to be looking at our own behaviors. Right. And I right. found that there was just as much finger-pointing not at first. Like it, there's sort of this veneer of, of yeah. you know, inclusiveness. And yeah. you are welcomed in yeah. when you first arrive. Yeah. And everybody wants to be your friend. But, man, when I left after nine years I, I and knowing hundreds and hundreds of people and doing lots of service and yeah, being in yeah, the same yeah. meeting continually for years and years, yeah. I had maybe two or three people reach out to say, yeah. hey, where'd you go? Yeah. Like after a while, and yeah. nobody else after years yeah. and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if that's community and yeah. and family, and I, that actually I don't want that. that generally is community. So I had I was yeah. in uh, the Doffrey John. It really was a cult. It became a mm. cult, um, and I was in for two years, and I already been through the martial arts thing and got out now. So I had a little bit of experience in that whole disintegration group dynamic right. process. Right. So I realized it's like how unhealthy it had gotten. Mm-hmm. And but now I was like really interested, like what happened? How did I get in here? Yeah, I wasn't forced in here. I never would have gone in here, knowing knowing what it this is. is what it is. But something in me got me in here. Huh. And what was that? And so I actually stayed for two years, like sorting out, figuring out because I had a bunch of friends and and just worked my way out. 
were like, people. So I understood why I got in. What mm -hmm. was it in me that got me in? And and it was like it was an I because I was already you know reading young and understanding all that stuff, and so mm -hmm. I knew it was like this is an individuation. Okay. If I just leave and rupture relationships, that's not individuation. That's just another geographic just, yeah, or something right, right. so i need to really to stay here and process and understand what it was what's my part yeah why, why is everybody staying here why is it is the situation the way it is were people talking about it like <clears throat> it was a cult like hey this is weird it's going you know what i way. actually was part of a group of five and then seven people and then more who started just having getting together and just talking about what's wrong it's like why it's like you can't talk about what you really think you have to say all these uh, correct things that everybody mm. knows you're, you're supposed to think and say. And this is coming down from the guru or something? They're like, it was just about the, cult, the cult that developed. Yeah, part of it was coming from him. Okay. And part of it was just what groups do. Right. You know, to, to maintain. These are the rules. These are the rules. Okay. You don't, can't say this. And I wow. actually would, you know, say, and somebody say, you know, it's really dangerous to say that. Just questioning. L like what uh, What kind of questioning? Like questioning faith? No, like that. Well, the, the, I, I, it's possible the guru is makes mistakes too but okay. he's human he's not omniscient and he he has opinions like that was my thing it's like it's like he's, he says stuff and yeah a lot of his opinions but it's like it's not all gospel and the truth necessarily and and that was dangerous to say that to, to say that when people wow. actually said that what was the threat was he was he gonna like oust you or kill you or no what, no no like, no what, no, what, no, what, no, nothing, no nothing just like, dangerous in terms dangerous of like, because uh, that was the group where you would find salvation whatever okay. you know, whatever terms they saw it and then if you left you're, you're basically lost. spiritually lost and doomed okay you'd blown your opportunity um and so that was but it was really the danger was because you weren't supposed to say anything in the group that might cause anybody else yeah to discomfort feel uncomfortable. Or, yeah. yeah and yeah. so getting out like that uh was really good because i got to see my part but and I got out as benignly as I could, but once I got out, that was the end of pretty much Severed. most only friendships. Yeah. And once so, you're out, you're gone. Sort of like Scientology. Yeah. And so, and like that was fine, but I realized I wasn't going to be able to change it. And it wasn't my job to change it. It was their kingdom and they were mm -hmm. all there voluntarily, just like I'd been. And if, uh, and I couldn't be myself staying in. And so yeah. I tried to leave. And so, and it was a really ex exceptional experience. So getting into 12 steps. Oh, and then I. I wrote a, my uh, my ex-wife now had been born and raised in China during the Cult Revolution, which okay. is the biggest cult that uh -huh. there ever has been on the planet. Right. Mao was considered wow. a god. She grew up worshiping his picture, thinking he was omniscient, wow. offering things with flowers. People were sent to her. Parents were sent to re-education camp. Mother spent seven years in a labor camp. Her uncle spent 20 years in a labor camp for wow. being intellectuals. She was, she was an orphan in Beijing for a while, and she then she was black uh black marked because she was a kid child of intellectuals and that was a wow. big stigma and so she was so like just isolated. like follows you forever yeah you... yeah and and then the whole thing ended but i spent five years working with her on that book and to me that was me processing the the guru kind of experience of yeah oh this is i saw these early signs here this is what happens when it becomes full-blown uh -huh. one individual uh, achieves absolute power over, over the, the a group. nation yeah and everybody thinks that everything he says is the absolute truth, yeah. and it can never be challenged, or you are evil, <laughs> yeah. right? Or maybe we'll be executed or imprisoned. Or... That's right. Yeah. It happened in Russia, happened in yeah. you know, China. In North so, Korea, it's still happening. <clears throat> so that's the group 
dynamic. Right. It, it always goes in that direction Eventually, when it think becomes it... dysfunctional. Right. That's where it's always headed. So how do you keep a group from becoming dysfunctional? Like you just you have can't. to... Con- okay. It will I always think, I don't think you can. It's up to individual. And Young's thing was the uh, the individual, you know, every, in the end, everything, the fate of the world rests on the individual. Huh. And he didn't mean one individual who's right. going to save everyone. Each individual doing it themselves. Yes, because groups don't do that. Gotcha. Groups okay. don't. It, individuals make choices and they have initiative to pursue their individuation process yeah. by whatever name you call it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And and if individuals don't do that, then it becomes a cult. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's what we're seeing in America right now. It is, yeah. Yeah. A it's a tribalism. It's descended in tribal. Actually, that was what of I was, insanity. <clears throat> yeah, because that was partly what I was going to actually bring up because because I've been reading... I would say living young for 40 years, mm. um, uh, everything that, that I found in his writings um, explains every, every aspect of my process from the time I became conscious that I was on a process. Wow. And even looking back before, it holds true because he actually understood those psychological patterns in individuals and how they unfold and all the uh-huh. things that can go wrong right. and what the significance of certain choices you make open up Okay. In an individuation process and all that stuff. So it all still resonates with you after 40 years? Oh, absolutely. And it explains everything to me. That's cool. I mean, it explains everything. And another, the other guy, I really recommend that people uh, read Young's memoirs, Memories, Dreams, Reflections. I read it like 13 times. Uh-huh. Started the first one when I was 21. Just totally blew my mind. Is that part of what started you on your path yeah it was already it was on a path i was i was already in you know in the martial arts mm-hmm. class and it was a buddhist martial art but it wasn't like buddhism per se but okay. there's a spiritual element and then i started uh but yeah the young was the one that sort of ch- triggered an opening that well yeah there were a couple things that was a big thing though but um so for young oh yeah ernest becker is the other guy okay denial of death uh, masterpiece one appeal surprise in 1970 it's it's a un paralleled work and wow. i read that i just read that for the 13th time with sarah about five years ago she said it changed her life nice it just totally opened up a whole new way of seeing what's going on in people's behavior mm-hmm. i think the biggest and that's the biggest problem i think in our culture is there's so little psychological comprehension yeah right? or, or reflection of reflection right reflection or even just and so Everything that goes on from, you know, the news and the way things are, you know, commented on or presented mm-hmm. or interpreted by experts and talking heads is as if psychology had, ne- had never even been discovered. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and so you had these cheesy, shallow, old kind of ways of looking at things mm-hmm. that are just not even relevant anymore. Right. They're just easy default Little uh, sound interp- bites and memes and yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just a way to interpret it so that you look like an expert. But and in a way, it's ideological, and that's actually uh, Jordan Peterson, of course. Yeah, well, just they're just repeating that. other experts' yeah. words usually, and you know, that's right. I, and, I I read this, so it must yeah. be so. Yeah, and everybody's but, saying this, and right. I know that I have to say this if I want to stay inside, right, and be one of the players who's allowed access to the perks of whatever right. it might be. I love that everybody's saying this, uh, the opener. Oh, everybody says this is the way it is, so it must be. Must, must be. be. The, must be the way. So it must be.
So part of my background is um, my dad was a political activist. Oh, wow. So he uh, started, uh, he was always a kind of an activist in a way. He was a psychologist for the Veterans Administration. He was very, he was he was into Jung. That's cool. Um, and he uh, got into the anti-Vietnam War protests. He became a professor. Uh, he got out of the VA, which was very conservative, and he was always having problems because he was opposing use of chemical management of patients and electroshock therapy and mm. all these things that were standard procedures and even lobotomy wow. in cases. Uh, and he was trying to do more something more experimental, creating communities out of patients and wards yeah. so they could have responsibility and autonomy. He was very you know, enlightened in quotes. It's pretty progressive. Very for progressive. That, for that time. And then he, got in, he became a professor in 67, I think, became an anti-war activist. So I actually marched with him in demonstrations when I was 13 in the, wow. in the, you know, in the Vietnam cool. era. And uh, he, al- he was always, from the time of childhood, like when we were, we were arguing, uh, I had two siblings, and he'd say things like, you guys sound like a bunch of countries squabbling like that. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so he, he was always bringing some political right. perspective Just into Introducing it. the idea that yeah. people don't get along... Yeah. So I got really into, I was very into politics and I got very into, you know, the, with the martial arts thing and the meditation thing. So I was very disciplined, mm-hmm. but I was always following the politics. I was a KPFA oh, follower cool. religiously back during the Iran-Contra wow. thing. Um, so I always taking in what's going on in the world. The, the nuclear thing, which is my dad's big thing. He was an anti-nuclear activist. He actually went to Russia. Wow. I think three times. He made three trips to Russia. He and a group of progressive psychotherapists made contact with some progressive psychotherapists in the Soviet Union. Wow. And they thought, here we are, you know, on the verge of maybe having this nuclear war. Yeah. And it's insane. This is in the 80s he was talking to them? 70s, 70s or 80s. 80s. 70s okay. or 80s. I can't remember. I can't wow. remember. It, Do you want to take a drink? I, I don't want to. No, no, no. No, I'm fine. No, no, I'm fine. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, so I can't remember what it was, but because he actually he left when I was thirteen. Oh, so I'd heard things about him. My parents got divorced, and then he was gone until I was like you know twenty or something. Oh wow! But um, <clears throat> he went. They decided that they needed to have highly intelligent people who were aware of the dysfunctions in their countries and the, the dangers that it represented. Yeah, that weren't locked into the ideology, which they thought would would be the psychotherapists. Okay, who understood something about human psychology. Et yeah. And so they set up these meetings, and he he and the group they went. I think they went, they went to three events into the Soviet Union where they just hold these meetings and talk because his thing was dialogue. Amazing. He's really into Carl Rogers about listening and dialogue. Yeah. So it was like, how do we get intelligent people to come together and to start to have human conversations about what's going wrong? Yeah. And finding a way to come to a consensus and maybe finding something we can do that'll make a difference. But at least if you can begin a healthy dialogue. Yeah. Um, Definitely a good place something. to start. Yeah. yeah, so he did. So he did that, and that was. That, I thought that was very cool. Uh, and now that we're in the whole, I mean, this whole new McCarthyism thing that we've been into with the, the Russia investigation, and I mean, I can't tell yeah. you how many times I've watched, and seen, on TV, somebody who questions, or brings up something about, the Russia, conspiracy. Yeah. That stole our election when we've been. In, I mean, there, it's all, all the news out. Was like we interfered with eighty elections since yeah. nineteen the sixties or something like that. And uh-huh. we overturned governments and then maybe till the fifties. But eighty country, eighty elections that we've 
interfered. That the with. United States has interfered. Yes. Yeah. And, turn and never and completely created chaos in other countries. Yeah. And, and we do it still continuously. All the time. Yeah. 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 Taking yeah. out, taking out one tyrant to put another one in place. Yeah. And, that, and interfere and, and interfering in their electoral process and yeah. creating propaganda and, and selling guns to both sides. Supporting, uh, supporting, um, you know, military, uh, essentially juntas you know yeah and so That's so that seeing that and then us protesting to this degree mm-hmm. about what we think the russians did which has more or less been debunked if you look at the wikileaks releases uh-huh. if you look at the uh the the documents that have been released um that the mainstream media never talks about because right. it discredits the narrative and the narrative is about a power struggle between two factions, right? And the media is is dominated love by, that. yeah, and and it's the deep state stuff. Yeah, you know, they used to call it the shadow government, right? So it's like we're we're in this place and, um, gravely, you know, it's just gravely concerning. Mm-hmm. So, actually, I'll I'll tell you a little story. So I I was, I've been disenchanted with the politics and the electoral process for decades, mm-hmm. um, and I've always been. A registered Democrat, uh-huh. and you know, and and the Republicans really did seem like the worst party. In a way, I think they might have been, mm-hmm. except now we're finding more about what's been going on behind the scenes. But I think right. they were more obstructionist than the stuff they did in the redistricting and yep. the just a little the bit rigid, sneakier, cons- a little bit yeah, rigid, yeah, a little more meaner, fun- and the fundamentalism and all that. Because I hate, you know, I hate religious hypocrisy being yeah. used as a political yeah tool, which, which it is all the time. Yeah, it is family all the time. values. So, so I was ecstatic when Bernie Sanders threw his hat in the ring because I've course. been watching him for years on the news, and I thought that is the guy That's is like the, guy. the yeah. most amazing truth telling politician I've ever seen. Yeah, this is the guy who should be president. It'll never happen yeah. because he'd never be allowed. Right, and when he did, I was like totally excited, and so I actually i i donated a hundred dollars a month to the campaign mm-hmm. till the end, and the election was stolen. Yep, and it was stolen. Obviously, and it was and it was stolen in many ways. Yeah, and well, uh, first the primary was stolen from him. His primary was the well, that's I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. from him. Yeah, that one. It, he, his the primary was stolen. The media blacked him out. Yeah, and he would have crushed anybody in a debate. Is that only, I know. The only I know. guy is telling the truth. And so, and KPFA mm-hmm. is already. I mean, not KPFA. K, you know, the KQED, National Public Radio. Yeah, for me, sold out in the first Gulf War when they became cheerleaders for the war and stopped presenting. Any views that challenged the war. I'm so glad you said they that. They went on board. I, yeah, I've been I've been really bummed about that since. Like oh. that's when I stopped listening to that stuff. When they I are heard. just all propaganda all the time. Yeah, they, people they have, yeah call in and say something about 9/11, and and the, they would just flip out. Like these supposedly non-biased journalists are like, no, yeah. we're not going to listen to that. We I don't oh, want to hear this. You know, like what? You can't you can't hear yeah. one person's opinion. Yeah. Are you that afraid of the truth coming out? Unbelievably, I saw a I heard a Mike part of a Michael Krasny because I only hear it. In my that's what that's who it was. Michael, Michael Krasny. Yeah, I heard part of a Michael Krasny thing where he had three guests on and uh-huh. they were just discussing some Trump policy or other, uh-huh. which is a, basically a Republican policy, uh-huh. uh, and all three were Democrats opposing it. And so it was a panel discussion, right? In one which side. No one represented the other side, uh-huh. and the established consensus from the get-go was: this per- policy is pernicious. Trump is dangerous. Yep. Uh, there's no defense for any of it. And so now let's critique how bad it is. Right. 
That's not journalism. Great newscasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's not journalism. pretty amazing. And you can see they, they've all sold out on some level. Yeah. I mean, they had a guy from Standing Rock. They blacked out Standing Rock, mm-hmm. right? You know, the Indian processors. Yeah, yeah. Yep. KQED had the, the head of the pipeline corporation that the Indians were opposing when they were being assaulted by military armed they police. They had him on? Police mission. Yeah. And they did this softball interview uh, where he talked about how dangerous the Indians were and how oh they were God. depriving North Dakotans of, you know, whatever. And they were just, and, and didn't get challenged. Yeah. And at the end, the the interviewer just profusely thanked him for being on. Right. And so that's that's basically what they become. And they I wonder how much money they got for that. Well, all their funding is now corporate. Yeah. And you can see it from the things. So I mean, I yeah, yeah I I I was a member, and then in the 1991 invasion, mm-hmm. when George Bush, who had a scandal creeping up his leg for the bank scandal that he was involved with, that his son was involved in, yeah. it was starting to become front page news scandal about a sitting president, George Bush. It doesn't happen anymore until this president, but yeah. he started that war Yeah, on one level, I'm absolutely convinced, to wipe the scandal off the pages. That's what he, they do. His, he was being investigated. His son, I can't remember which son, was being investigated who was involved in this scandal that caused millions of people to lose everything. Yeah. Right? And I can't remember, it wasn't SNL, but I can't remember. It was 91, right? Yeah. I don't remember either, but I know yeah. I know that he was in some dirty stuff oh, God. and yeah, always yeah. always was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a photo so, of him in front of the book depository yeah, when the day Kennedy was shot. With it, and KQED became a cheerleader and did yeah. not critique it. And, and that was when I realized it's like, that I'm done with you guys. Yeah, me and too. now they've gone to a whole new level of sellout, which is just unbelievably pernicious. And there's so many people because they have these reassuring. A lot of it is, I think, just this sort of psychological Coiling thing. The masses. They and... all they have these people that have been there for decades, and their voices are so yeah. reassuring. Yeah, you and, recognize and you them. You hear it. It's like your childhood memory, and you go into this sort of place of, oh, here I am yeah. by the fireside. It's like a baseball commentator. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you that yeah. little comfort. And now they're all, and now everybody's basically selling lies for the deep state. Amazing. And uh, so, so anyway, they blacked out Sanders. KQED, yep. uh, P- PBS blacked out Sanders. Everybody blacked out Sanders. The only mentions they made were ridicule. Yeah. And remember when he was getting 20, 30,000 people. They didn't show it. They didn't report yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, and they kept pumping up Clinton, who they're tied to. And, yep. the whole, and, I, and I know about the Mockingbird, your thing, Mockingbird Media. No, what's that? Project Mockingbird, CIA, back in the 70s, came up with a project to start cultivating relationships with journals, journalists mm-hmm. um, and drawing them into, you know, helping the government, you know, whatever, right? Which yeah. Is, and so they got all these journalists um, cultivated to become essentially tools, allies for the CIA. Right. And... There are hundreds, and, and WikiLeaks released uh, information. There's other emails uh, about stuff, but it's like, God, I mean, a lot of the mainstream journalists, and it's still not reported on mainstream, because yeah. that's them, right? Yeah. So they were taking orders from Clinton. They would do interviews. They would get in advance what question they would answer. Yeah. They would send to John Podesta, her campaign manager, the content of what they were going to publish to get it okay. Okay. And if they wanted something changed, they changed it for them. After the after the fact, after the fact, they Amazing. they gave them control. That's not journalism. <laughs> no, not at all. It's probably writing right? a story. Yeah, that's writing a story, and it's collusion between journal- the journalists. Yeah, yeah. And they, Rachel, I think Rachel Maddow is the worst because I used to watch her, and she was brilliant. Uh huh. And then she just so sold out, and then all just the everything, Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. 
And we've been through, we've already supposedly learned the historical lessons of the McCarthy period. No, and I don't here think we, we are back think we again yeah. on steroids. Yeah, but really. That's what I was saying. I, I'll, I'd hear people um, uh, question it, and then you have these DNC, I call them hatchet uh-huh. people, yeah. who come on, and somebody Just asks a question, they say, oh, arguments. are you carrying water for Putin? Uh, yeah. Right? It's so easy. It's the same with all the conspiracy stuff where you can just, oh, you put your tinfoil hat on. Like there as soon as you mention one thing, that's right. then you're suddenly, you believe in every single one of the, you that's know, right. Chupacabra, Bigfoot, UFO, whatever. That's and even right. if they you do, yeah, they link them all together and you're crazy. And you're that's automatically a conscious crazy. tactic. Yeah, absolutely. And you, there's actually, oh, so Mockingbird Media, there are now hundreds, hundreds of journalists. Well, actually, more than hundreds because- they keep uh, passing it on. Anderson <laughs> Cooper was a, 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 a what do you call it? What do you call it when like when somebody uh, is working for no pay, but they're being like Monica Linsky was a oh an intern, an intern. Okay, so he was sort of like interned by the CIA when he was in college. Wow, that guy's totally CIA. See, people, you say it, people, oh, what a conspiracy. Yeah. No, it's actually documented. That's amazing. And you can see. And no one will investigate that. They'll no, just because, call you nuts for well, saying Well, if you it. investigate, then you're the alt-right. Yeah, all right. Right, yeah, and then right. you're a conspiracy nut, and right. you're um, You're Alex Jones. And, and you're you have to be now what they call shadow banned, and it, we uh, see where it's right. going. It's all, I mean, it really is heading toward kind of a fascism. For sure, yeah. Totalitarian control over information, yep. uh, supposedly to protect us. Mm-hmm. And and that's called infantilization, mm-hmm. and it cripples people. There was a okay. That's there a was, young in term. Uh, well, infantilization. So I got is probably that, Freud. Is that Freud? Yeah, yeah, probably Freud. But it's it, yeah. That, it's that thing where somebody like a the classic is the um, the devouring mother archetype mm-hmm. of a mother who's so obsessively protective of her child to to avoid him and or her encountering any danger that the child is never challenged and never develops right. skills and becomes completely defenseless yep. and helpless and dependent on the mother because she really believes that without her guidance, the child will not yeah. make it through. But it cripples them. Yeah, and the child actually, starts to believe that. The child starts to believe that. and, it's, and yeah, So that's kind of what's been happening. I'm but I think that there's a more... Um, there is a Sorry. more corrupt intention in the way it's being done now through the media, through politics, because it's become power struggles. So I think people, populations are actually becoming fodder in power struggles. Right. And there really is a kind of a civil war at the top. Right. Between the so-called left and the so-called right, Democrats, Republicans, and the deep state is behind a lot of it in terms of corporate, the corporate control of the media. Right. Corporate, corporate uh, corporations, deep state, all that stuff is now fused and it's orchestrated. Have you seen these clips? There are dozens of clips where you go on and they'll show all these different stations who within a span of a, a day or two said verbatim the same thing about the same issue. Yeah, yeah, I've It seen spreads, that. right? right? Yeah. Because Mockingbird Media, they receive talking points. Here's of what, what to say on certain say. issues. Okay. And so they all say it. That's called propaganda. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, just the knowledge that all, like such a massive chunk of the media is all owned by a handful of people, that should alert people to a problem, right? And that's like, been 25 years. I think six corporations. Yeah. Like 20 years ago, that was no. Yeah. Now. And it's consolidating even more. And they're, like, there's right. no, like there's no real antitrust anymore. No. There's no, no oversight of any of that stuff. No. And we're kind of in a place where it's gotten so dysfunctional that 
the practical things that any country needs to operate effectively. So, you know, the, the infrastructure stuff, the policy stuff. Yeah. Um, that's gone by the wayside in the power struggle. And now, it's, and that's why the whole thing about for what, two years now, it's all been Trump, Russia, Trump, Russia, Trump, Russia. Right. Trump's the thing we have to fear. Trump's the scary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, the deep state is yeah. the scary guy. It's much Trump scarier. Is, they're using Trump yeah. to, to mobilize people against that party right. so, that, so the other party can get back in power. Yep. And the real problem is the deep state that they have all been on some level participating with yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah and so that's really the problem is is deep st- hidden deep state co-option of the entire political system right pretty much globally now you know about that group that meets in the somewhere in northern california right There's oh yeah, like yeah, a, yeah the, the the uh what is that that uh, beautiful forest yeah, I can't yeah, yeah, remember yeah, the name, yeah, but it's yeah. just like Bohemian. All, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all the elites of the of the planet, like right. the richest and That's most right. powerful people. They all yeah. convene in yeah. one place once there, a year. And or, there are a bunch of those things that go on and they're all the same players are involved. Yeah. So um well actually I'll get back to so the Sanders thing. So Sanders, I don't even know, there's a point where the uh the the computer wall collapse the firewall collapse between the DNC and Sanders campaign. Right now, they're both DNC can Democratic candidates, but they're supposed to be separate from each other. Right. They're not supposed to have access to each other's mailing lists. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So the the firewall collapsed, mm-hmm. and uh, I was following everything like literally almost like hour by hour. Mm-hmm. So what happened was the DNC Debbie Wasserman immediately accused Sanders of bringing down the firewall uh-huh. to access their information. <laughs> It turned out that the the computer guy that Sanders was using was recommended by Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And he trustingly or naively or stupidly let him in. The firewall dropped. Well, it turns out what happened was the DNC got his mailing list, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So at at that point, at a certain point, I can't remember the exact timing of it, um, all these people started being removed from the rolls mm-hmm. from his list. Right. So do you, I don't even remember, but 120,000 people yep. were removed from Brooklyn alone. Yep. Which is his hometown. Right. Right. Those are so, all Bernie votes. Exactly. So it's going on now, and, and Facebook became a really amazing news site before Facebook started to exercise its deep state <laughs> corporate yeah. shutdown. Right. Yeah. So all these people saying, God, we got to watch out, make sure you're on the. You know, watch your um, status. You know, yeah. remove people from the rolls. Right. I mean, that couldn't happen. That couldn't happen. You know, yeah, but it is happening. It's like, I don't know. So I had been on checking my thing mm-hmm. for, I think I registered again nine months before when Sanders got elected. By the time the primary came, um, a week I was on, and then I checked two weeks, two weeks before. And I was still on. I think it was two weeks before and I was still on. Mm-hmm. A week before the primary, I check. And now my status has changed on the gov. website from registered Democrat to unregistered voter. Oh, my God. Right? That's insane. Go, Fuck. A week before. The vo- a week before. I go down to the Civic Center. <clears throat> I tell the guy what happened. He looks me up and says, now nah, you're unregistered. I said, I was registered a week ago. He says, I don't know what happened. He, like he wasn't the guy that did. Yeah, it. of course. Just the guy working in an office. So I said, "Well, what, what can I do?" 
He says, well, you can't, you can't register, it's too late to re-register, so yeah, you're going to have to provisional. do a provisional ballot, which they were tossing and not counting. Right. Right? Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. So I go, and then I went to the polls the day of the vote just to check. I'm not on the list. It's the place I've been voting for 13 years. Right. And there's a guy there, just a guy who's playing his 40s. He's just a volunteer. I used to volunteer for elections in San Francisco back in the 80s. Uh-huh. You know, we come in and you just set everything up. Yep. And, uh, I think you got paid 35 bucks a day. Uh-huh. Right. So I asked the guy... Um, how is this happening much? Because I told him, like, my name got removed. I said, and then he's having to give out provisional ballots. Yeah. And I said, is this happening much? And he kind of looks, he looks at it and he says, yeah, a lot more than it should. Mm-hmm. Right? So anyway, a week after the election, I was mysteriously restored to register uh. Democrat. Right? Yeah. This meant now I'm supposed to vote for Clinton. Right. Right? Yep. So I... Dump, I dropped my Democratic. I joined the Green Party, uh-huh. and I I didn't vote. I I voted for Jill Stein because I'm a misogynist. Uh-huh. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Same. Yeah. Same here. I, okay. Yeah. So so I, I, oh good. Well, I just I I didn't follow it as closely as you, but I was aware of all the double speak and all the yeah. you know shadiness that was going on. And I just am always suspicious of that anyway. I just assume our government's up to no good because they always always have been. Exactly, they always have been. Always. This was, and part of it was because the Bernie phenomenon was so powerful and it looked like something actually might finally change. Yeah, And all these people poured in. And sadly, Bernie has collapsed. He's lost his spine. And it turned out, and that came out in WikiLeaks, that he'd actually made an agreement before uh, the election with the DNC that he was not going to win. Wow! They let him make a run, but the agreement was he wouldn't. He wasn't going to win. Nobody had any idea that 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 phenomenon was going to happen. Right. And he got lifted up and literally just mantle descended on him. He was just like he would have. He won. had a mantle. He yeah. would absolutely would have yeah. won. But um, he'd agreed not to win, Amazing. and that came out after. And yeah. he never challenged <clears throat> the primary theft, and he immediately became. A mouthpiece for yeah, what I think now is the most corrupt party in the history of <laughs> of American politics, which is the current DNC deep state corporate run yeah. system. briefly mentioned the Seth Rich assassination. I don't know of Seth oh, Rich. You don't? No. Seth Rich was the DNC computer guy. Okay. I know I know of certain death yeah. like mysterious deaths that happened, but oh, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I yeah, didn't follow and, the stories. Right. So here's what happened. Seth Rich 
was the guy who, who ran the DNC computers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was actually a Bernie Sanders guy. Okay. He became a but he was still there. So when he, he started seeing all this corruption that was going on, and it just like it, it was just too much for him. He's the guy that sent the DNC emails to WikiLeaks. Okay. That supposedly came from the Russians, which uh, they right. did not. They came and that's, from... estab- that's established. Assange okay. has more or less acknowledged it. Other people who knew Rich who were told that no. Okay. So he that's what happened. He gave he gave those emails that showed the Clinton corruption uh-huh. and the DNC corruption in the electoral process to uh to Assange. And that caused the you know the big deal. Yep. So Podesta there's an email that WikiLeaks released that of Podesta to someone else saying we need to find out who did this and make an example of them. Mm. Right? And so within a week or two after that, uh he had gone to a party of all the people that he worked with, mm-hmm. and he was coming home, and he was executed with three bullets, three or five, back of the head, back of the, you know, right back there. Serious. Boom, uh, boom, boom, right? Mm. So he was executed. He had a valuable watch on, his wallet had credit cards and money, nothing was taken. The police called it a botched rod- robbery, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's pretty clear that, that that was a political assassination. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and that's not mentioned. And then, of course, if anybody mentioned that, then the media echoed about what a conspiracy theorist you were. Right. No investigation worth having. They just, it, it was so amazing to me during that time when you, you could dismiss any claim by just saying like, oh, the emails, the email, like sarcastically just saying like, oh, you're so interested in these emails. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you know that actually went and looked and read a few of those emails God, to see? If you read Almost no one. I read a few, yeah, and I didn't need to read many to That's know right. that you, there it was ugly stuff happening. You got the gist it right from the beginning. It was, it was corrupt. Yeah, even the innocent ones were not innocent. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much criminality exposed. And then the, interesting, the amazing thing is that people got so partisan that she could um, say, "Oh, the important thing is not the information, the emails. The important thing is that the Russians." Are weaponized. Are the ones who are, have yeah. weaponized that Julius Assange, who is an agent for the Russians, which he never has been. Nope. Yeah. Is weaponizing the information. The Russians are trying to interfere in our elections. Yeah. Because they're making a big fuss about the emails that show that we were interfering with the electoral process. Right. So we can't, we all have to unite against the Russians because they're weaponizing this and we're victims. And they're That's, an easy enemy. We've always had them in our in our hearts as, as right. the other side and communists and, you know. Going back. Yeah, you can just easily rely on the, the crowd to and rise up. And it's amazing how, how everybody just fell right in line. Immediately. A lot of people fell right in line. Yeah, most. Yeah. And enough, anyway. The other thing, it got so partisan that during I was doing a lot of posting on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pro, I was pro Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know my sort of my line after Sanders was taken out. You know in the primary was oh, great. Now they've given us the choice between an inflated narcissist and a and a um, God what was it what was the term I had a deep state. Lackey. I can't remember, but yeah yeah. But just like the the two choices were um, pretty atrocious. abhorrent. Yeah. yeah, and that's what always happens. Yeah. Right, so it's like, what can he do? But but we were saying that that was the theft of the election. Yeah, that was the corruption of the democratic process. Well, we've already established that that works in this country with the Bush and Gore. You know, when Gore conceded before any vote recounts yeah. or before, yeah. he was like, uh, "Okay, you guys can have." You know, yeah. Yeah. it's it's so corrupt. So Deals are made, and we don't know what's going on. 
It's but just he, across the board corrupt, except for these handful like Bernie or yeah. you know Elizabeth Warren, who who can't make headway in in such I a know. broken all, system. Got him. We saw and then we see these people sell out, and that's what I realized. It's like you see, you know, like Warren sold out. I got remember that thing where she's like supporting Clinton, and let's all clap for it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. God, that's I think that's going to come back to haunt her. Uh, but we saw. Then we start seeing everybody selling out. Chank Uger who actually at one point years ago mm. was a pretty good reporter up and coming. Okay. And then he sold out and now he's just become a propagandist. So we watched Rachel Maddow, who I used to really like, who was brilliant who really yeah. did expose stuff. She jumped on the bandwagon and now she's all propaganda all the time. Russia, 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 wow. Trump, Trump, Trump. So, but it happens everywhere. And yeah. you see this orchestrated uh, propaganda system operating through all the mainstream media. Right. And they're telling us what to think. For instance, I just saw Como, who, God, what was, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, my name, he, I can't remember, it was the refugee and this or that. It's like, you can't debate something. So he said, the important thing to remember, what you really need to understand is, and then he gives his talking point. Yeah. Now, the really appalling thing, you know about Antifa, right? Anti-fascist, yeah. supposedly, yeah, yeah. who are now allowed to show up, have been allowed for a year or more. They're allowed to show up at public demonstrations wearing black hoods, mm -hmm black masks, mm -hmm. um, carrying often clubs, and or even I've seen... Any sort of makeshift weapon, yeah. What group has ever been allowed to, to <laughs> roam the streets yeah. armed, except the Ku Klux Klan, right. um, back in the way back? Yeah, just mobs of... What, yeah, of what like, person could actually... Anybody else, you walk around with a club and a mask, or yeah. even just a, a black mask or a hood, yeah. you're going to get stopped and asked something. Yeah, just but one this, individual. Like, hands off, yeah. just let them. And so they're there being as violent to as the supposed Nazis and white supremacists that they oppose, and they're yeah. all on the same level. Yeah. So Cuomo, this is just mind-numbing, and this was, I don't know what he did, I saw this clip a few weeks ago where he said, he's educating us. Mm. He said, well, what we really need to understand is, you know, yes, there are certain people, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it verbatim yeah, yeah. memorized, but there are people who are really, really basically evil, uh -huh. who, who are violent, and it's really bad. And But then you have people who are trying to stop the hate, and they may be doing the same thing, and they may look like the same thing, but they're actually doing it for a good reason. Yeah. And the two things are not equivalent. Right. So the one group is really bad, and the other group who's behaving exactly like them, yeah. they're saying... Because they're actually trying to stop the hate, yeah. you can't say that they're like. Well, it's just similar. like the good guy with the gun theory. You know, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like, well, it's okay if this individual yeah. with these right. this list of values right. murders another human, right? But if the if you believe this and that, you do it, then you're going to jail. Right. And he so he's basically here's a guy who's supposedly a journalist, mm -hmm. or at least a commentator. Right. And now, thank thank you, he solved the age old question. Do the ends justify the means? Right. That has been debated for God knows how many, you know, a couple thousand or a few thousand years. Yeah. And so he solved it for us so that we'll be okay with Antifa right. and think that the Nazis are actually bad and Antifa's good. And, and right. anything we do against them, we've seen that coming. Well, in those statements <laughs> like that, like, I mean, you hear Trump doing it all the time, believe me, or, you know, you got to understand. All that stuff is is trained. Like, that's that's like Manchurian candidate stuff. You know? They all do it. You, all... It's like uh, They Live, you know, the movie where you're just being, do you know that movie? Which one? It's called They Live. It's a John Carpenter movie from the eighties. No, no, never saw it. It's pretty great. I mean, it, it's pretty hokey and dated if you watch it now. But the mm -hmm. but the you would you'd like it. The principle is is the same, and it's basically 
well, the the main character, the main protagonist, gets a pair of these sunglasses. I can't remember how he I gets. I did see that, but oh, the did. lizards. Yeah, you can see I the you can see, see the alien race, but you can also see the the mandates that are yeah. hidden yeah, subliminally saw, in all. The I did. Like, I saw that back in the nineties. I consumed. saw a friend had told me that. Yeah, I forget yeah. that's what it was called. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's sort of that yeah. that kind of idea that um, once you hear this phrase, yeah. you will believe everything that comes after it. There you go. And and uh, you could spill all kinds of yeah. garbage in there, and it, right. it's happening. Na- all the time now. That, that reminds me. Okay, so anyway, what, all these people selling out, and I read this point. I just realized we're watching all these high-profile people, mm-hmm. including a lot of the Hollywood people who now is like coming out, and it's like politically correct. Yeah. What's the common thing we have in Bond? Trump is evil. So all we have to do is talk about how Trump is evil. Now we're part of the group, and we're actually really in the resistance. And, right. Exactly. And we'll ignore all the other really serious problems that are not being addressed. Yeah. That were actually caused by. Our team and their team, yep. but we're just going to point we'll at just, them, we'll look at the and one then we've villain. done our job, and we're fine. Yeah, right? and so, uh, so th- the people going out and then turning around, Shank Uger, th- that you just saw mm-hmm. sell out and become propagandists, right? And it just sort of happened. It really started to happen during the primary uh, and after. And I remember at one point realizing we're watching people literally sell their souls mm-hmm. for a seat at a table that has nothing of value. Childers, and if you haven't heard part one, I encourage you to listen. Uh, episode thirty-one. It's part one of two. And if you're in New York, go see my brother's show, Eric White, at Grimm Gallery in, in uh, Manhattan. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at outspokenpodcast.com. And there are a couple ways I think you can reach me. Try them out and see um thanks so much for listening truly appreciate it next week i'll be back on schedule smooth sailing everything will be in place i don't know maybe it won't mercury might have something to say 
Or maybe, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it won't. Anyway, thanks uh, for everything, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.